0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young.
1: Welcome to another edition of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And I have a special guest with us today, probably the closest person to me that you could ever find. Uh, That would be my twin brother. But he's not here to talk about me or talk about being a twin. He's here to talk about the brand That he's represented for 11 years. And in 1999, the big-ass story was born. Now, we're, of course, talking about big-ass fans, previously known as HVLS Fan Company. That's high volume, low speed. Super catchy, right? Well, big-ass fans made its mark manufacturing and selling massive ceiling fans that spun slowly but moved astounding amounts of air that helped keep large spaces such as factories, and dairy barns feeling cool and comfortable while also decreasing their footprint and providing a huge savings on their utility bills. This brand has grown over the years and was recently purchased in 2017. And we've seen this brand grow into residential fans and LED lighting. Now as a true USA owned and operated manufacturer, they back everything with serious research, intensive engineering, and an almost obsessive drive to innovate and improve. No matter what they're doing, they go big ass every single day, and they are just getting started. And we're so excited to welcome Kevin Young to the Brand Builders Podcast. He is the Director of Distribution for Big Ass Fans. And as my twin brother, I'm super proud of you for what you've done with Big Ass Fans, the growth that you've been able to produce. But ultimately, we want to hear what is it like to work for a manufacturer that's owned in the USA, but also has a name, Big Ass Fans. Uh, every time we talk about the brand, we get a look like, what is that? And some have always or some have, have heard about it, but some haven't. So Kevin, welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast. We look forward to hearing your story.
2: That was uh that was pretty awesome, Brian. We might have to we might have to seal you and hire you here at Big Ass fans.
0: Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> hey so hey.
2: I No, it was uh proud to be here. Uh proud of you guys with the uh with the uh, Brand Builders Podcast. I've listened to a lot of episodes and I'm uh, really excited to, uh, to talk about something that, that I'm very passionate about, and, uh, that being, you know, big ass fans and have been, uh, very excited and, and really honored to, to be with this organization for 11 years and, you know, see the, the company grow, uh, from around 75 employees to, to now we have 750. And, uh, like you mentioned before, uh, it, it's really exciting to be at a company uh, that, you know, really is, is, is dedicated and, and, you know, really, uh, just excited and, and, and prideful about what we do. And we're very passionate about it. And, um, you know, American manufacturing is something that I would say, uh, a lot of people are very pride, prideful for. And, um, you know, for us as a company, you know, we, we want to, we want to reach out and we want to be able to help as many people as possible. And, um, you know, you mentioned, uh, HVLS fan company and, and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a good story behind that. Uh, we were the HVLS fan company, high volume, low speed fans. And, uh, we were started in 1999 and 2002, uh, our uh, previous owner, Kerry Smith, uh, changed the name to Big Ass Fans. And, uh, the way that story goes is, uh, we, we took the, the, the fans themselves to trade shows and people would walk up at the shows and. And they'd say, oh, are you guys the, the ones that make those big ass fans? And, you know, everybody would kind of chuckle and laugh and say, yeah, yeah, that's us. You know, we're the HVLS fan company. And, uh, hearing that over and over and over again in 2002, he decided that, you know what? Uh, they're right. You know, they are big ass fans. It's a very, uh, great description of, of what the product is. Uh, and we changed the name to big ass fans in 2002. And really the company, uh, started taking off from there. And, 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 you know, you look at, at obviously being on a, a, trade or excuse me, a, a podcast like this brand builders, uh, you look at this brand and I'll tell you one thing that that I've noticed over the years. And one thing that that um, we're uh, very astute to is our brand sets expectations. And, you know, if you're going to step out and you're going to say we're big ass fans, you better be exceeding expectations in everything that you do. Um, or in this climate, people would be just out with the picks forks. You know, they'd be ready to tell you that, that, you know, oh, they're big ass fans, but their products don't really do much. Um, it's really a rallying cry for our company all the way from the production line to the R and D lab, you know, to, to the sales reps, to everybody that's on the phone. It's, uh, it's setting those expectations and, and you've got to live up to a brand uh, like big ass fans. Uh, and, and, and we feel that we do a really, really good job at that.
1: So tell me, um, when we we grew up, we, we split at 18. You went to the University of Kentucky and I went down to Georgia Southern. And that was the first time that we've been apart. But you graduated from University of Kentucky. You decided to stay in Lexington, a city that you had fallen in love with. What attracted you to big-ass fans at that time? And tell us a little bit how the 11-year journey has been uh, with a brand that's continued to grow, but one that ultimately is U.S.-owned and operated and manufactured. And really, tell us about how the opinion— of the company has changed in lexington and the state of kentucky maybe maybe when they made that change in 2002
2: yeah no really good questions um actually dad was the one that that first introduced me to the company i was a senior in college here at at the university of kentucky and uh, our dad's in the aviation industry and uh, he saw several of these fans in uh, aircraft hangars and, uh, he called me one day, said, have you ever heard of this company, Big Ass Fans? And at the time I had not. I, I thought it was awesome. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, it was a fairly small company at the time. You probably only had, you know, 50 employees at the time, may have been a $10 million company. Uh, but I looked into them and, and, and I saw, you know, a company with a product that, that looked really, really cool. And I thought, man, that's got to be a cool place to work. So, Uh, you know, in in my search for a career out of college, uh, I started pursuing them and, uh, was able to, uh, meet up with them actually at a career fair at UK and, uh, was able to get the interview and obviously did something right because I, I got my, uh, my first role as a, as a sales coordinator, which essentially is just making quotes, pushing papers, essentially got my foot in the door and, you know, was able to really fall in love with the company, fall in love with the brand, fall in love with the people here. Uh, and, and, you know, really just pursue my career here and and continue to, to do what I'm passionate about. And, and, you know, that's really helping people. I've had the opportunity to work in an outside sales role, uh, where I, uh, was, was visiting manufacturing facilities. I've visited military facilities. I've even been in a prison, which is probably the most unique visit I've ever done. Um, but you get to meet a lot of different people. You get to go into a lot of different environments, uh, and really get to go into some pretty harsh environments, too. I mean, there's a lot of jobs out there that Americans have that are really, really tough. Uh, and we're able to go in there and, you know, if we can can supply them with a 24-foot big-ass van, uh, we know what it's like to be in a facility without them, and we know what it's like to be in a facility with them. And it makes a massive, massive impact for for some people that, you know, honestly, most people listening to this may not have that tough of a job when you think about it. I've seen some really tough ones, and, and we're able to help. Um, you know with that comfort level and, and maybe make their life just a little bit easier uh, and you know that's something that that we're very passionate about and, and for me personally I've, I've I've been given the opportunity i've had success with that and been given the opportunity to manage large groups of people and given the opportunity uh, to focus in on certain markets and making sure that you know our strategy as a company is is proper, our product line is is proper uh, and make sure that you know our messaging is proper and um uh, now recently, uh, I've taken a role as director of sales for our distribution network. So, uh, very excited about that, to, to continue, uh, continue to help as many people as possible and, and, you know, get our brand out there and our product out there, uh, just to make life more comfortable. I mean, that's, that's our goal. Uh, we want to make life comfortable. We want to make, um, we want to make, you know, efficient facilities and, and just, like I said, just make, make life easier, uh, for, for everybody out there.
0: You mentioned distribution channels. Is that a new way of going to market? Have Prior to that, have you been selling direct to consumer? Tell us a little yeah. bit about that.
2: And that's a good question. So, you know, big-ass fans, uh, I will give us, uh, you know, pat us on the back, I guess you'd say. Uh, we're always willing to uh, challenge the status quo. We're always willing to look at doing things differently. We've never been a company that will settle in our ways uh, so that has allowed us the flexibility to look at, at new ways for us, uh, you know, to gain even more market share to, to make sure that, that, you know, pushing that, you know, obviously those sales goals, those things that we're trying to do. Um, and distribution is something that we've looked at and something that, you know, it's, it's another method for us, uh, to accelerate our growth, which is what we're trying to do. So, uh, we have, uh, been a factory direct company as well. And, and I don't expect that to ever change. We're still going to sell fans directly to our customers. Uh, but there are different avenues that we've got with uh, online retail with showrooms and with the distribution side specifically from a new construction standpoint uh, that we have partnered with that is allowing uh, for us to uh, to have a higher penetration rate in uh, projects such as as new construction so really I, it's uh, it's an exciting time for us but i i think it's you know the lesson here for from us is you know, you've got to be willing to to change. I mean, you know, business in general changes daily and uh, I will give us a lot of credit for that, that that we've always been willing to do that. We're going to continue willing to do that and that's what's allowed us to to just dominate this industry the way we have.
1: So you uh, you mentioned that you started with a company when there was about 50 employees and now I I think you said 450 uh, employees or more, and you guys just went went through a merger. Uh, people here in the Charlotte area might be familiar with the new president. His uh, his name is Lenny Rhodes. He actually spent a lot of time at Huskavarna here in Charlotte, and was most recently a vice president with Geldwin here in Charlotte. And now he has gone up as your CEO. I think a lot of people listening to the podcast would be interested to see what it's like to almost work for a small company and now work for a larger company. But now, after working with the business for let's say ten years, it changes ownership. It changes leadership. How has that transition been? And then what is Big Ass Fans doing differently to really set yourselves apart and then continue that growth as you move into 2020?
2: Good questions. Uh, I will correct you. We've got 750 employees.
1: 700 uh, so. plus 300. Yes. Little off. Yes. No big yes. deal. 750. <laughs>
2: 750. Uh, we did. Yeah, we did go through an acquisition. And you know, I tell people the 11 years that I've worked here, uh, I feel like I've worked for about five different companies. And uh the reason I say that is, is we did work. I did work for a fairly small company all in one building, you know, at a point where you could get an order. You'd print the order out and walk it out to the floor and they could build it. You know, that was that was as, that was the extent of getting a fan shipped out Uh, to, you know, now where we could be shipping out hundreds of thousands of fans a day. Um, So it, it, there has been a lot of transitions Uh the company. It was acquired in December of 2017. I think anybody that's in any sort of situation going through an acquisition, there's always going to be, um, some nerves that go with that, the unknown that goes with that. Uh, but it was a great opportunity for, uh, the employees of this company, a great opportunity really for the company itself. Uh, I, you know, we are very, uh, very grateful for what our previous owner, Kerry Smith did. And, and, uh, he was able to build something that, uh, we're very proud of. And, and there are a lot of really, really great people. Uh, that have provided a lot of effort for us throughout the years that allowed us to get to the point that we're at. Um, but um through the acquisition, you mentioned Lenny, uh we have had new leadership step in and uh I, it's been a great it's been a great move for us. Uh, I think in 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 business in general, anytime that you can have uh leaders with experience uh, like Lenny and, and and the rest of our executive team come in, uh, it's a fresh viewpoint on what you're doing. Uh and and as I mentioned before, we're not a company shying away from making the changes necessary to continue growing and continue being the dominant uh, player in the industry. Uh, and having those leaders step in with their expertise, they were able to find things that we could improve on. Um, you know, we did a really, really, really great job for the first 18 years of of our uh, our life as a business, uh, but we weren't done yet, you know, and it was time for the company uh, to make that change. And Uh, to, you know, take that next step forward. And that's what we've seen. And I, and I can, I think I can speak for everybody with the company that, uh, it's been something that has been exciting. Uh, and it's been something that's re-energized the company. We've already come out with five new products since the acquisition. There's, uh, so this is, uh, this is an exciting time for big ass fans. And, uh, we expect that excitement to continue as, uh, you know, we continue to grow and and continue to, you know, to help our customers.
1: Now you, um, you had talked about, and we talk about big ass fans a lot. We talk almost every day. You mentioned that when big ass fans first got that name in 2002 or 2003, that Lexington, Kentucky, in the state, were were not too happy about that. That that wasn't you know something that that necessarily they would be proud of. But if you fly into Lexington, Kentucky now, and you walk through the airport, there's signage everywhere. There's big ass fans there. It's almost like saying Lexington, Kentucky, home of big ass fans. Tell us how being true to who you are and being true to what your brand represents not only enabled you to never change and never sway by public opinion, but ultimately just put your money where your mouth is and put your actions where your mouth is and say, look, we're going to be good for this, for this city, this, this state, this country. Um, uh, and now you employ over 750 people locally and manufacture all of your products right in Lexington, Kentucky. And now you really see the city and the state. Uh, like almost want to open up their arms and hug you. And thank you so much for doing that. Tell us how, how that, that is. And what was your message or what would your message be to brands that maybe, you know, get challenged by social media or get challenged by, by outsiders uh, to really be who you are and be authentic in in what you're trying to produce?
2: No, it's a really great question. And and, um, you can actually, I know there's some news articles out there, but we, uh, we originally, when the company was named Big Ass Fans, it was 2002. And I think we can all agree that the climate in 2002 was not quite as accepted for a name like Big Ass Fans as it may be in, in 2019. Um, so there was, uh, we're here in Kentucky, we're in the Bible Belt, so there definitely was some pushback on that. Uh, and, and really, I think a lot of it came from some misunderstanding and not understanding what the company did. Uh, but, you know, we did stay true to our brand and, and our brand was named by our customers, right? And, and that was something that, that we were proud of. Uh, we, uh, you know, you talked about a little bit of the pushback. We did try to get, uh, some marketing in the, uh, Lexington airport and were denied, uh, by the city council. And, uh, which, which was, was kind of, it was funny at the time because we got publicity on it as well. Um, and, uh, but we continue to push with that. And now we've got several big ass fans in, in the airport. We, we did get our first signage about a year ago, uh, in the airport. So anytime you fly into Lexington, you do see a nice big sign uh, with big ass fans, but it's, uh, it's been embraced. Uh, you know, there, we employ, we're one of the biggest employers, uh, in Lexington and, uh, it has been embraced by the city and by the state. And really, I, I think in general, you know, by the country. Uh, of who we are. And, and we get a lot of feedback from our brand. And, you know, when you look at our brand, I think it's very, very important for companies to be true to their brand. And your brand has got to be genuine. Uh, we get a lot of people that, that you know, come up to trade shows or they'll, look, they'll talk to you and say, oh, big ass fans, that is just the best band. You know, I should, I should name my company big ass fill in the blank. And my immediate response is no, you should not. That is a <laughs> terrible idea. Uh, because it's not going to be a genuine brand. Uh, big ass fans is descriptive of what we do. Uh, and if you, if you try to force your brand to try to be some cliche, catchy thing, it's more than likely not going to work out. Um, you know, you got to be true to it. It's got to be something that your company, uh, can rally behind. It's got to be something that your company takes pride in. You know, we talk about it all the time. We've got big ass fans. Well, a lot of it goes into the engineering of the products. A lot of it goes into, you know, something as simple as taking care of your employees. I mean, taking care of the people here that, that make these fans, that sell these fans, that service these fans. You know, that's very, very important. And, uh, we do have a good reputation in, uh, in Lexington and Kentucky, uh, for doing just that. And, you know, that's as important as it is with, you know, the fans and, and the engineering is taking care of your people. Uh, but just whenever you're looking at a brand, it's got to be something genuine. It's got to be something true. If you can find something that is as descriptive as Big Ass Fans is for what we make, then you're definitely on the right track.
0: I'm curious how you all, backing up to sort of the beginning of the Big Ass story, how you all infiltrated what already seems as a saturated market with fans, <laughs> right? And, and it seems like you all began with dairy farms and keeping cows and all of that cool and and whatnot. And it's evolved from there. Um, How did, how did, and I know you've been there 11 years out of the, what is it, 20 years now. What do you know about that story and, and how did it evolve from a dairy barn? Sure.
2: Yeah. And that was our first, that was our first market that we sold into. And, and, you know, really the, everyone in 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 this world is looking for you know return on investment it's such a such a catchy thing and that's what everybody wants to look at well in the dairy industry, it was very easy to measure a comfortable cow produces more milk and it was simple and and as the cows would produce more milk, they provided an r o i by putting fans in the in the space um they were using small directional fans by coming with large high volume low speed fans you were able to provide cooling over a much larger space, which was providing cooling for more than a the handful of cows was providing cooling for uh, the entire uh, entire herd. And, um, you know, you look at that concept and why couldn't that concept work for humans as well? Well, it does. It a hundred percent does. So uh, that was the transition from dairy farms into industrial spaces, warehouses was if we provide you with comfort over the majority of your space, are you going to have a safer environment? Are you going to have a more productive environment? Are you going to have an environment that your workers actually want to work in? Uh, and that was important. So that was a, it seemed like an easy transition. And as the companies evolve, you know, we've we've stepped into and, and purpose built products for commercial spaces, you know, libraries, stadiums, fitness centers, schools. Uh, we've we've purpose built fans for residential. Uh, and 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 taking the same concept of keeping a cow comfortable and happy, and really taking that, but then rather than just having one product fits all, we've gone through and challenged our engineering team and our R&D facility to make products specifically for applications. That way, they're going to work the best. They're going to they're going to be the most efficient, uh, and and ultimately they're going to provide the the highest level of comfort possible.
1: So you guys have fans all over the world. You just mentioned that you've visited prisons and schools and stadiums, and you've gotten to see some really cool uh, places. Tell me, what are some or, or what is your favorite uh, fan location, um, or, or what are one of the more unique projects that stand out to you?
2: That's a good question. So I'll, I'll, mention, uh, I'll mention a few. Uh, one, because uh, it's that time of the year uh, we completed a project uh at SunTrust Stadium for our Atlanta Braves. Let's and, go. Uh, we, yeah, let's go. We've got uh we've got over 200 fans in that stadium. So if you go to SunTrust for a playoff game, you will not miss big ass fans. They are everywhere. I've
0: seen them. They're um, awesome. Yeah. They're and they awesome. do keep you cool. it's hot as hell.
2: Yeah. It's a it's it was a great addition for them. Uh, you know, and I'll mention uh, I'll mention the Punta Airport because uh we get a I, I'm, I promise you a call a day where someone calls up, and says, hey, I was on vacation and they can stop their sentence right there. I know that they were in the Dominican Republic. Um, the airport, the fan is an open. It's an open air environment. And everybody that goes through there sees the fans and we get calls literally daily. Uh, we should be probably sending them checks because we get calls daily uh on on seeing those fans. Um, and, you know, we've worked on, you know, personally, I've worked on projects at, at Churchill Downs was one that was really cool. Obviously, uh, the Kentucky tradition there, uh, Brian, you and I obviously have been to that before. Uh, that was a pretty cool project, uh, to work on, but uh, we do. We, we, we've just recently went past 600,000 fans. We've sold into 175 countries. Uh, and most recently we, uh, sold a project in, in Antarctica. So there are now big ass fans spinning on every continent in the world.
0: Wow. Wow, and you're in the lighting business as well, right? We are.
2: Yeah, we are. Yep yeah, we uh, we manufacture LED lighting at our at our plant right across the street. We started that about six years ago. Uh, it's an exciting market for us. We, and this is really, uh, you know, I, I think the, the 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 summary of the whole call here really is going to be, you know, listen to your customers. Uh, we had customers telling us over and over, "You guys should make lights. You guys should make lights." And at the beginning, it was like, "No, you know, we make fans. We're not." We're not going to step into that. But our industrial customers continued to ask us to do that. We were making recommendations for them to replace their metal halide fixtures, which are big round fixtures that are basically like little ovens in a plant. They can be extremely, extremely hot. Uh, we were telling them to replace those because it would make the plant cooler. Uh, and ultimately, we uh, we challenged our engineers to see if we could develop a truly industrial LED fixture. And we did. And we've had, had a tremendous success with that. Uh, we've got a fixture that's in the top. 98% of efficiencies. Uh and uh it's been a, it's been a great added product to uh to our industrial line.
1: Amazing. So what's next for you? What what is what is my twin brother Kevin Young going to do next now that he's been with big ass fans for eleven years and what challenges you on a daily basis to not only get motivated um but really wake up and and be proud to work for big ass fans, but excited for what's coming?
2: It's a good question uh you know right now uh you know personally we're we're committed to uh to growing our new construction market uh with our our distributors and our partners and uh you know there are a lot of buildings that are being built uh and there are a lot of buildings that are being built that that do not look at the comfort of the occupants in that space uh and ultimately then we get the phone call that that first summer that they roll through and and you know shockingly. Uh, people in the space are, are not comfortable, uh, and, and they just don't want to be there. So, uh, we're, we're really excited about the opportunity, uh, with these partnerships to, uh, to get more on the front end of these projects and make sure that these, uh, these fans are not looked at as a luxury. They're looked at as a necessity because we're very, very confident with our retrofit business and with the history that we've had with these 600,000 fans that ultimately fans are going to go in those buildings. So we should be doing this right from the get go uh so that's something that I'm really excited about being a part of and really excited about growing and you know you mentioned just overall uh the the brand itself and 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 how much pride we take into it uh you know this is a company that that is committed right i mean we're committed to our craft it, what we've done and the success that we've had is not by accident you know, our r&d facility was uh was built in 2008 in the midst of a recession uh, it was an $8 million building. We were probably a $25 million company. It was a non-revenue generating facility. People in Lexington thought Carrie Smith was was crazy to do this. Uh, and ultimately, you can look at something like that as a prime example of the commitment that we've made to this industry. And I can't tell you how many advancements have come because we made that commitment, because that was important. And when you look at safety and you look at durability and you look at performance, um there's nobody that focuses on this as much and really at the end of the day there's nobody that cares as much as we do. I mean we are very 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 passionate about what we do. We've got the best engineers that that you can possibly have working on these type of products. No one knows more about it like us. I mean and that's given us the ability to really help, you know, 600,000 people transform their spaces and make them comfortable and and make them cool environments that that people want to be in. It's it's uh what what we've seen is we're a very um Society as general. We've kind of gotten soft a little bit uh in the fact that that we all have air conditioned houses and air conditioned cars and we live a very, very comfortable life. And that's become the expectation. That's become the expectation for everyone, including factory workers. So, you know, we we do challenge our our customers and, and tell them that, listen, you've got to focus on transforming your spaces into spaces that people want to to be in. That goes from an industrial facility that goes to a fitness center. That goes to a commercial space. That goes to SunTrust Stadium. You know, do, do Braves fans want to come to a game in July at three in the afternoon? Not if they're gonna sweat their butt up. They don't. They they're not gonna come. Uh so you've gotta ask those questions and um we are extremely confident that that nobody cares more about this than us and, and nobody uh even remotely has a chance to provide the uh, the solution that we can. And that that comes from twenty years of expertise and that comes from 12 years of, of, of very significant R&D development.
1: Don't worry, man. You can say ass on this podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did I not say it? Said, I say it all the time. You
1: said
0: bum or something. I don't know what you said.
2: Oh, no. Um, I say yeah. it all
0: the time. You sweat their bum off. I've got a quick question I'm uh, really curious about. It. It's a hot topic these days, manufacturing in America and tariffs. Um, yeah. How is that tying into you all's internal conversation? Is it affecting the cost of your products, being an American manufacturer, not sure where your metals are coming from, and so on and so forth. Um, what what are you guys talking about in regard to that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, and it's affected everybody uh, from a manufacturing standpoint. Uh, I'll tell you that from a manufacturing standpoint, the country is it's, it's as strong as it's ever been. Uh, but there are things that a lot of companies have to look at. Uh, we, for an example, uh, we've actually started – Creating our own electrical boards um, in-house, uh, which has taken a lot of the the stress from sourcing those overseas, uh, which has been a big investment, a huge investment for the company. Uh, but it also allows us to have some control there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's something that that we're we've watched very closely. Uh, it's something that uh, it has affected a lot of businesses. But um, you know, the one thing that I've noticed in in manufacturing now is uh, the amount of open jobs that we have. They can't fill them fast enough. Um so uh although yes tariffs and 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 those things do affect businesses um there are a lot of companies out right now that have that literally are turning business away because they can't find the skilled labor that's the bigger issue than than the tariffs is finding the skilled labor uh in these spaces and, and not having to turn business away uh so you know there's a lot of statistics that have come out of the National Association of Manufacturing uh and uh, you know that's really one of the big ones is that skilled labor shortage. Um, we, uh, we were talking about this earlier. So in 2020, 2020 or 2021, I think it's 2021, 50% of the workforce is going to be millennials. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, you're thinking, man, that, that that's right. Well, th- that day is upon us, you know, the whole day of how do I speak to a millennial? Well, they're making decisions now. Uh, and, and millennials do want different things. And, you know, when you look at the factories, there's some really, really cool things going on in land, or excuse me, in, in, uh, American manufacturing and, you know, a lot of technologies, a lot of advancements, uh, we've got to make sure that we can get, uh, get the kids in there and let them see those things and make these factories places that people want to work because that's going to be very important for, uh, manufacturing as a whole, uh, for this country moving forward. I love it.
1: So before we wrap this up, I would, uh. I don't know. I might, I might be eating crow for even asking this question, but I'm gonna do it anyways. So we always get asked, I'm sure you get this question all the time. What is it like to be a twin? And my answer always is what is it like not to be a twin? You know, I have no idea. So my question to you is what is it or what was it like to be my twin?
2: That's a good question. Um, so being that I was uh, two minutes older than you, it's been nice that I've always had someone looking up to me his entire life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're done. Cut off. That's the answer.
0: <laughs> we all know who the leader of the family is. That's right.
2: I hey, <laughs> so. Uh, no, it's been, I, you know what, being a twin has been really cool. Like, like Brad said earlier, we talk all the time. Um, it'll be interesting here in this podcast to see if anybody can even tell who's who. <laughs> uh, on the podcast, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's cool to have somebody that you can, uh, always rely on. And, you know, both of us being in the business world, it's, uh, it's crazy how much, uh, you know, the business that the Dunson group does and the business that big ass fans does, just, uh, how situations and things that will come up. Um, a lot of what we're doing is really not that different. You know, a lot of it comes down to people and, and how do you handle, uh, how do you handle a complaint? How do you handle certain situations and how do you have empathy and, um, you know, we talk a lot about, a lot about those situations and a lot of things that I've been through and a lot of things that Brian have been through. Uh, we're able to lean on each other, uh, and, and how to address those situations. And, you know, a lot of things we do in business, you know, we can say we're selling big ass fans or we're helping your brand out with your, your branded merchandise. Uh, it seems like it's completely different, but a lot of it is, is very, very similar.
0: Well, and you summed it up a little while ago. You, you just listen to your client and, and understand what their needs are and try to provide the best solutions. Uh, and at the end of the day, do the right thing every single time. I can yep. say, man, it's it's an honor and a joy to know both of you guys, and I'm very blessed that Brian's a part of this team. Thank you, Scott. You're so and, sweet. <laughs> and Kevin. And Kevin, the same, man. I know you guys talk a lot, and it's it's great to hear uh your feedback and your challenges and all, because we do implement uh, some of those topics into our day to day. So thank you for that.
1: Definitely. And and Kevin, I'm proud of you for everything that you've done. The dad, you become two, two, uh, lucky boys, lucky wife, um, happy family. Uh, you know, I've, I've taken a lot of, um, of your stories and, and really the, I want to say kind of the advice to, to be a good dad, uh, on a daily basis. So I really do appreciate you and love you for that. Now we would totally be um, be leaving some people out here if we didn't thank our parents as well, our our mom and dad who raised both of us and did a great job of teaching us what love is and what hard work is and understanding that you're never going to get anything in life unless you put your uh, put your muscle to it, and your mind to it, and uh, and put your heart to it. So, thank you, Kevin, for everything that you do. Before we do let you go, what is the best way for people to connect with big ass fans? I will tell you, you have to follow their Instagram. You have to follow their marketing team. Some of the, uh, let's say, fan mail that they get is hysterical. Uh, but what's the best way to, uh, to follow Big Ass Fans? And if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to reach you?
2: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, bigassfans.com is the easiest way to connect with us. Uh, like you said before, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, we're on all of those. Uh, our marketing department is, is top-notch, and they're, they're always producing really, really great content. Uh, you can, uh, as far as, as reaching out to me, uh, check me out on LinkedIn. If you follow Brian, you'll be able to find me real quick. So Kevin Young big ass fans, I would love to connect with everybody and I appreciate you guys. We appreciate the opportunity of uh, being on the podcast. I'm a big fan of it myself. So uh, it's been an honor to, uh, to be a guest. And I think, uh, I'm going to take, uh, my LinkedIn headline and change it to uh podcast guest now.
1: Brand Builders podcast <laughs> guest. That's okay. right.
2: this,
0: uh, this was awesome, Kevin. Great story, man. Thank you very much for sharing it yeah, with us. Yeah, thank
1: you. And and if anybody is, uh, or all of our listeners, please like, share this, um, go on. We would appreciate that. We love to promote the brands that we bring on to our podcast. And uh, we appreciate everything that Big Ass Fans does, not only being an American-made manufacturer, but supporting and uh, employing Americans. It's awesome to hear those stories. Kevin, keep up the great work. Uh, until next time, this is uh, Brian Young signing off on the Brand Builders Podcast.
0: You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by The Dunstan Group with your host Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out The Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.